Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Say the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. We are in our final uh, series, or Sunday, in a three-part series on uh, entitled Results Versus Requirements. And I think that one of the things that I've tried to lay out in this series is that a lot of times what religion does is it makes requirements out of the things that are supposed to be results of Christianity, okay? Results of Christianity, uh, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are results of our walk with God. Too often, though, religion makes those requirements for walking with God. Okay, don't ever confuse uh, results with requirements. One of the illustrations that I've been using for those that weren't here for the past uh, two, two Sundays was it, does, you know, you, you can be a cowboy without having to rope something. Being able to rope something in the pasture is a result of the life that we live and the practice that we put in. And might I say congratulations to that man at the back, Mr. Daryl Dye, for roping two, heading them in, out in the, uh, or heading them for the first time, right, Daryl? Yep, did a great job. On a horse that had never done it either. So that's, that's pretty impressive. But that is a result of the work that Daryl has put in. It's not a requirement. He didn't become a cowboy on Thursday. He's been a cowboy, okay? Don't, don't confuse the results of Christianity with requirements for Christianity, okay? So we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the gifts that He gives us. A lot of people know, they've heard of the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but a lot of people, like a lot of things, aren't sure quite what to do with Him. We've talked about four things. First, that the Holy Spirit is an actual entity apart from God and apart from Jesus, uh, while still being part of the Trinity, where all three are the same person, okay? And I know that's a little bit hard to understand. Uh, second, Jesus said that he had to leave so that the counselor could come, okay? Jesus was a man. He was bound by, although he was God, he was in human form. He couldn't be there for everybody because of that limitation. So Jesus said it would be better for him to go so that the Holy Spirit could come and be with everybody instead of just Jesus being able to be with those that he was physically around. Third, he reminds us of what God says and who God is, okay? That's what the Holy Spirit does. He reminds us of what God said and who he is. You know, whenever you're thinking, you know, you, maybe you're talking to somebody and they, maybe they're having a hard time with something and, and while you're talking you're reminded of a scripture. That is the Holy Spirit reminding you of what God says. But not only that, the Holy Spirit reminds us who God is because God is good. God loves us and, and the Holy Spirit constantly reminds us of that. And fourth, and this isn't the exhaustive, like there's nothing to add to this. This is just the high points. Fourth, He shows us what is right and wrong in our lives. If you are a Christian and you have given your life to Christ, man, you know that, that there are some things that you do or that you used to do that you don't do today, but that's because the Holy Spirit convicted you, okay? He convicted you of what's right and what's wrong. These nine things that we've been talking about are not requirements for Christianity, but, but results. They make us, they're tools to make us stronger and weapons against the devil's schemes. One thing that I want to let you know about these results of Christianity, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, they are all qualities and the nature of God, right? Think about that. Love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are all qualities of God. And when we do, when we walk with God, we start to exhibit those things. Once again, results. Okay. Once again, results. Now, last thing I'll say before we get started, all of this is a review of what we've been talking about, just to catch everybody up. The list of nine results of the Holy Spirit living inside of us all refer how we handle ourselves. Let me read that list again, okay? Think about this. They are the results of the Holy Spirit living inside of us and refer to how we handle ourselves, okay? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? It's all in how we handle ourselves, not in peaceful isolation, but when among God's people and the lost we are trying to reach. Okay, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to say, is it's easy to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control while you're sitting here, right? Oh, that's great, that's great. What about out there? Can we still exhibit the results of our walk with God out there? So, without further ado, we'll get into uh, the message. Last week I left you with a, uh, with a story. We just ran out of time. I apologize about that. have a bad habit of doing that, of running out of time. And uh, so uh, two weeks ago, I got to, I had the opportunity to go do a couple of firsts. Uh, first, I've never married anybody in the state of Missouri, so I checked that off the bucket list. I flew into Kansas City and, and then had to drive about three hours to Lebanon, Missouri, and uh, did a wonderful, wonderful, while I was there, it was also a first because after the wedding ceremony, I got to baptize the husband and newlywed wife together. And it was just an amazing ceremony. It was the first time I've ever done that. I hope it's not the last. It really, really was beautiful. But there was something nagging that happened because I, I flew in Friday and I, and I drove and didn't get there till like 10 or 10.30 Saturday night or Friday night. I woke up Saturday morning. Uh-oh. Where didn't, yeah, well, I'm a cowboy. I didn't really have one of those. Uh, where's my wallet? Where's my wallet? I knew I'd had it last night because, you know, you have to pull out your credit card for incidentals, but the hotel I was staying at was uh, XL enough that not extra large. Just, it wasn't the XLT model. It was just the XL, so they didn't even have incidentals, <laughs> right? So I didn't have, but I had my wallet then. Well, I just grabbed my room key and everything and went to the car, and I must have dropped my wallet in the parking lot of a Super 8 motel in Lebanon, uh, Missouri. And, but the good thing is, is that I helped somebody rent a U-Haul. I did, I did. Yeah, just always a giving person, your preacher, just always just willing to help out, even when he doesn't want to. You know, so here I am trying to get to a wedding. I am trying to cancel credit cards, debit cards, save the cowboy, your money. I mean, I'm trying like everything. <laughs> Forgot one card, that's one they maxed out, but that's, that's, a, that's, another, uh, that's another deal. So I got home, I got home, but, but here's the deal. They had said that they would pay, and I, and I was doing the wedding for free, because I, I just love this couple. I was doing it for free, young couple, and so I said, just pay for my, uh, for my travel, and that'll be it. Luckily, they had my travel funds in cash, and so after the wedding, I didn't get to fly home, because you have to have an ID to get on a plane, so I just drove my happy little cowboy butt right back to, right back to Colorado, got in about midnight on Saturday night. 
Thought I'd come to church Sunday morning, but then I thought, well, I got to take this rental car back to uh, Colorado Springs because that's where my truck is. So Sunday morning, I left here about the time Bible study started since Blake was already preaching and I drove to Colorado Springs, got to listen to him preach. He did a great job. And uh, anyway, finally got home about ah, one o'clock, something like that, went and had some Whataburger in in Colorado Springs and got home uh, Sunday afternoon and just rested. And then Monday morning, my wife and our motorhome, <laughs> you all remember the story about that, right? Uh, <laughs> my wife and motorhome were in Greeley, so I go over to help Cammie pack up and come home because it has been a weekend. But through this whole week, all of the stuff from Cammie getting stuck over at a mud run to, to RV problems, not one time did I get bent out of shape or get mad or nothing. I just handled it like a champ. And that is not, that is not a usual occurrence for me, okay? I'm kind of a, a I'm one of these guys, right? I, I celebrate good, but I also get mad good sometimes too. I know I'm the only one. So I go to get Cammie, get to Greeley. <laughs> It takes us about four and a half or five hours to pack up and do everything. And on the way home, we're taking those back roads north of Bennett and Cammie calls. <laughs> we got separated, you know, just from oil field traffic and stuff like that. And I'm driving in front because the speedometer, for some reason, quit working on the motorhome. And uh, so I'm driving in front, keep her from speeding because she's got a lead foot. And we got separated just a few, half a mile or something. And she calls me on this back road that doesn't even have a collarbone, much less a shoulder. You know what I mean? One of those roads. Calls and said, I just had a blowout on the RV. It's right at dark on a back road with oil field traffic with uh, no shoulder. So I said, okay, honey. And then, I, and then I had to execute the nine point turn on this little road in my you know, one ton diesel pickup. So I execute my nine point turn and go back to get my wife. More on that in a minute. More on that in a minute. Just when I thought the stress was over, Cammy calls. Mm. You ever had one of those weeks? <laughs> not, not, ju not, ju not just a day, but we're talking about this started, you know, Friday night, it's Saturday, it's Sunday, and now it's Monday, the weekend from hell, and I think it can't, it can't get any worse. Don't ever think that. Do not ever think it can't possibly get worse, right? But luckily... God is faithful, is he not? Today we're going to talk about faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, okay? The results of Christianity, of what the results are of walking with God. And understand that we're talking about faithfulness as a quality of God that we get to exhibit. The, your Bible might refer to it as becoming Christ-like, or becoming the nature of God. What is sin? Sin is anything contrary to the nature of God. So when we display faithfulness in our lives, we are exhibiting a quality or the nature of God himself. But when we talk about how we handle ourselves with the fruit of the Spirit, these nine things that are results of Christianity, we have to remember that this is how we handle ourselves, not in peaceful isolation, not in a controlled, not in a Bible study, not at home. I'm talking about out there in the middle of it all. How do you handle yourself? Faithfulness. Well, what does faithfulness mean? Do you do what you say you'll do even in the smallest matters? Man, there's nothing more cowboy, there's nothing more Western-minded 
in the cowboy culture than to do what you say you'll do. We call that what? Keeping our word, right? That's what faithfulness is, is doing what you say you're going to do even in the smallest matters. But aren't we lucky that God is faithful in all that he does. The faithfulness of God consists in part of his always doing what he says he will do. In 1 Thessalonians 5.24, I'm not going to read it, but this is basically what it says. He who calls you is faithful and he will surely do it. Look, you don't have to worry about God. You're going back on a promise. You know, a lot of times we think about what are the things that God, is there anything God cannot do? Well, I mean... I don't want to say that he can't do it, but I just know that there's some things that God won't do. And one thing that God has never done in the history of him is gone back on his word. Thank goodness that he is faithful even when we are not. He who calls you is faithful and he will surely do it. When he says, I will be with you to the end of the age, you can trust that. When he says that I love you and that I will remember your sins no more for those that walk with him, you can take that to the bank. He is faithfulness. The faithfulness of God's people consists likewise in making every effort to do what we'll say we'll do even when it hurts. And, and like, I, I'll probably use this one illustration till the day I die because there are um, two of the worst things that, that happen in my life are number one, I hate throwing up, okay? I will, I will do whatever it takes not to puke because like, I don't think y'all understand that when I puke, I turn into a werewolf. Have y'all ever done that? You're like, ah, 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 and you just know like a snout's gonna come out. I turn into a werewolf. I split the space-time continuum when I throw up, right? So I hate throwing up. Well, long time ago, whenever I was a pastor at a church in Texas, I had a guy that was professionally needy. <laughs> oh, y'all know him? <laughs> he was professionally needy, right? I mean, he was just one of those guys, nice guy. But don't say something to him unless you mean it, because he is going to hold you to it, right? He didn't have anything. I had a truck and trailer. He was going to be moving from Fort Stockton to Alpine, needed some help. Man, I had, uh, and, and I jokingly say he's professionally needy. I love this man. He just had lots and lots of problems inside and out. And so he asked me for help moving. On New Year's Day of around 2009, okay? Around 2009, about midnight, without any alcohol to drink, started throwing up with a stomach virus. Kevin threw up about six times before he left that morning, to be the only one that moves this guy. I threw up three times on the way to pick him up. Well, it was me and my wife and my two kids that, so I didn't, I shouldn't sit by myself. We were carrying his couch and I told my wife at the time, I said, hang on just a second. She stopped and I went, and I, and I turned into a werewolf carrying the couch, right? Do what you say you'll do no matter what. The good news is I only threw up one time on the way to Alpine and I didn't throw up anymore after that. I hate throwing up. But you know what? I could have called that guy and said, I can't do it, right? But something inside of me just kept pushing me. Do what you say you're going to do. Do what you said you would do it. Now do it. You know what lesson I learned from that is? And please, Wisdom is being able to learn from somebody else's mistakes, okay? 
Listen, if you are constantly walking with God in faithfulness, you will watch what you tell people you will do. If you do everything that you say you will do, no ifs, no ands, no buts about it, you will quit telling people you will do everything that you say you're going to do. Right? Because it's hard. But God does that for us. We can understand that He wants to love us, that He is going to take care of us. The faithful build such a trustworthy reputation. Here, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal right here. The faithful build such a trustworthy reputation that when they do happen to fail to follow through on their word, others don't say, well, you know him. They go, man, something must have really been wrong for him not to follow through with that. Something must have really gone wrong for her not to do what she says she's going to do. Are we that faithful in our lives? I'm willing to bet for a lot of us, maybe we could work on that a little. And I think for the rest of us, me included in this group, I could work on that a lot. Because we are called as Christians to display the nature of God. And one of the natures of God, one of God's nature, I don't know if that makes sense, but who cares? We're going to go with it, is being faithful. Are you? Maybe it's time to just take notice. And as uh, <laughs> Brother Paul, Paul Brad, Brother Paul Brad, <laughs> Brad McLean down in Texas, uh, one of the things he says is, he says, I don't understand every bit of scripture. He said, but the parts I don't understand don't uh, haunt me near as bad as the stuff that I do understand, man. I think we can all understand what faithfulness means and that faithfulness, God is always faithful. And we are called to be the same, to be faithful, to do what we say that we're going to do. Gentleness is the next one. Gentleness. Do you use your strength to serve the weak? Think about that. Gentleness is far from the manicured niceness and low. I think that most people think gentleness means lotiony hands. You ever shook hands with a limp-wristed, lotiony-handed fella? Gross, right? Listen, they need Jesus as much as everybody else, but I don't like to touch them fellas. Okay? It's kind of like putting worm on a hook. It just feels, ah. Come here, buddy. Squeeze. <laughs> you know, like you teach kids how to shake hands, like you squeeze, and you're like, oh, that's hard. I hate doing that to grown men. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Hold my hand. Gentleness is far from the manicured nice as it is sometimes portrayed to be. Okay, that is not gentleness, biblically speaking. That is not God, okay? I mean, I'm sorry, but if you have... The, the little picture of God as kind of this anamorphic, you can't really tell if he's male or female hanging on a cross. That, that's not the God we serve, is it? I mean, that's not the one I serve. The one I serve is a manly man. The, the God I serve in the Bible rescues his people from, from the most powerful nations on earth. That is the God I serve. Yet he is gentle. He is gentle. Gentleness in the Bible is emphatically not a lack of strength, but rather the godly exercise of power. A guy named David Mathis said that. Gentleness in the Bible is emphatically not a lack of strength, but rather the godly exercise of power. How do you exercise your power? Men, you have power. Men, your words have power. I mean, how do you talk to your spouse? How do you talk to your employees? How do you talk to your children, your grandchildren, those closest to you, those people you know, those people that you don't know? Your words have power. You are powerful, men, because God created you in his image. Are you using, is that a godly 
exercise of power with the way that you use your words? Or just in a controlled environment, are you, uh, do you exhibit godly exercise of power? What about working cattle? Hmm. Right? It's different, isn't it? Seems to be. Seems to be. Women, you are powerful as well. Your actions are powerful. What do your actions say to your spouse, to the people around you, to the kids, to your employees, to the people that work with you, the people that call on the phone, the people that ask for your advice? Your actions have power, women, because you were made in the image of God. Do you think that your uh, gentleness is a godly exercise of your power? Or do people think that, you know, you've got RBF, right? Your, your actions, one person got that. Thank you, Sarah. That's why you're my executive director. <laughs> oh. Gentleness does not prevent the godly from expressing anger, but they are reluctant to do so. They would far rather talk to others with love in a spirit of gentleness. You know, here at Save the Cowboy, I am pretty, pretty adamant. Okay, I am pretty adamant about a couple of things. And one of the things that I'm adamant about is I don't think that God is ever going to call you to go point out the sin in somebody else without also calling you to be there for them every single minute as they come out from under that oppression of that sin. Okay, I don't think that God ever says, well, I'm going to make a special class of people that just goes around pointing their fingers at everybody else. No, he doesn't do that. Another thing about being gentle is that if you do have to talk to somebody about their sin, if you're not doing so with tears in your eyes, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Because pointing out the sin in somebody else should break your ever-loving heart, just like it does God's, not puff your chest out with pride. Do you think that God, when the Holy Spirit convicts us, that he, oh, I caught him doing something. No, he's like, come on, guy. You've been down this road. You know what happens when you go down here. Don't do it. You know what happens when you start thinking this way. You've been down that road, girl. Don't go down there again. Why are you caring what people that don't care about you are thinking, right? Gentleness does not prevent the godly from ever expressing anger, but they are reluctant to do so. They would far rather talk to people with love and a spirit of gentleness. In the face of personal offense, the proud unleash their anger in order to assert their own significance. But the humble are more concerned with the offender's soul than their own self-importance. And so they channel their strength in the service of gentle restoration. Man, so they channel their strength in the service of gentle restoration. Let me ask you a question. Which one would you rather have? If somebody had to come talk to you about something, which one would you rather have? Somebody just point their finger talking about how bad you are or somebody with tears in their eyes that says, I care enough about your soul to come tell you that I'm here for you and I will walk with you every minute of every day until this is done. That's a godly result of a walk with God. And finally, self-control. Cammie called and said, I just had a blowout on the motorhome. I said, okay. <laughs> and I hung up with her. And at every one of that nine-point turn, me and God had a conversation. <laughs> First one was, God, you remember how I didn't get mad when I lost my wallet? He's like, yeah. I said, well, it ain't working this time. <laughs> I said, you remember when I never threw a fit about nothing about having to drive home and not get to meet with Carrie and help her in person and, and all of this other stuff? And he's like, yeah. I said, I handled that great, didn't I? I was like, he, he said, you did. And I said, and God, I got home and I had to, I had to drive again. And, I, and, and so the nine points, I made nine points about how well I'd done. And I told God, I said, I think I've come to an end. And he said, hang in there just a little longer. And honestly, I felt infused. I thought, you know what? I've come this far and done this good. 
I'm not going to blow it all now. I'm going to take this in stride, call AAA, leave that son of a gun right there on the side of the road and just go home. (laughs) That's how I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to deal with it like a man. I'm just going to push it over in the bar ditch. Take all of our, take the, you know, get the VIN number off of it, tear the license plates off, put Cammy and most of the dogs in there. <laughs> she knows which one I'm talking about. I got there. I got back to her, pulled up behind her, put the flashers on, had to wait, you know. I, well, actually, what I did is I climbed out the, dry, the passenger side because there was so much traffic on that little road. And I start looking for a blowout. Well, the good news is it wasn't on the passenger side where there's no traffic, right? It's going to be on the driver's side, right? So I get over there and I'm checking, no blowout there. I you know, check the, the front passenger side, there's no blowout there. So I come around, there's no blowout in the front. I get back to the back two duels and there's no blowout. God is good. What had happened was right there by those back duels on the driver's side, is a, is a compartment that you drop down so that you can empty it out, the, the waste and everything. And it has a deal in the floor that you can, I don't know, it's just kind of funky the way it's done. Well, I didn't latch that good. And so when a truck went by her, and of course that road is really rough right there, that thing had come down and it was going boom, 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 boom. No blowout. And I came this close to losing my stuff. Before I even knew if there was anything wrong, I bet on the way home, driving the motor home now, <laughs> because I didn't care if it had 14 blowouts, we was getting that thing to the house. God was my co-pilot, right? Self-control. Do you refuse your flesh's cravings when everything is screaming at you to act in a way that is contrary to the nature of God? Can you push that stuff down? and still remain godly. 